Then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Great and glorious God, we praise you for this holy moment in our week. A moment we carry with us into the week ahead, where indeed we will be your voice. We will be your hands. In your holy and blessed name we pray. Amen. The story of the Good Samaritan is one of the more familiar stories in Scripture. It is a story that features a lawyer who comes to Jesus to ask the question about eternal life. Now the lawyer is not a secular lawyer not the kind of lawyer that you would think of in our century. The lawyer in those days was a student of the Old Testament law. So it was a biblical scholar who's coming to ask Jesus these questions. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is a question that means so much more than going to heaven after we die. That's not really his question. His question, what must I do to inherit a good, religious, whole, complete, healthy, happy life? Jesus says, well, you've studied the scripture, you tell me. He says, well, love God, love your neighbor. Jesus says, exactly right. Well, this young lawyer was really good at the part of love God he was a student of the Bible. He went to synagogue. He offered his tithes at the temple. He said his prayers. He was good at what I call the vertical dimension of faith, connecting with God. But he wasn't so enthused about the horizontal connection with other people, about loving your neighbor. In fact, he said, well, who is my neighbor? As if he wants to qualify who he should serve and who he should love. 
And to that, Jesus shares the Good Samaritan story, which was intended originally to be a challenge and a radical story for this young man to hear because a Samaritan is someone totally surprising who would offer this kind of holy support. It is so familiar a story today, in fact, that it's lost a lot of its edge. So if Jesus were to tell the story today, it might go something like this. Once upon a time, in Pioneer Square, in downtown Seattle, there was a homeless person. A group of teenagers beat him up. They stole his sleeping bag and his backpack and left him under one of those iron benches in Pioneer Square. It just so happened that a jazz club was letting out at 1 a.m. in the morning. And the first group of people to walk by was a group of business people from out of town, businessmen. They're all in their suits still. They were talking with each other and chatting about what they should do next. Go back to the hotel, keep going. They came within one foot of stepping on this homeless man who was underneath this bench, half unconscious. Next, there was a young couple, a man and a woman who had met on Bumble. I'm not sure what that is, <laughs> but somehow they met there, and it was their first date. And they both saw the homeless man under the bench. And neither one wanted to say anything to each other, so they changed the subject and they crossed the street. The third person who came by was a woman who had been cleaning offices. She was just now done. It was late. She usually gets done at midnight, but it was 1 o'clock. She was tired. She's in her 50s. She's a Hispanic woman. She's walking home and sees this man and kneels down next to him lifts up his head with her hand and sees that he's bleeding. And she wipes the blood away, calls 911, actually gets into the ambulance with him on the way to the hospital. And to this day, they are good friends. Young lawyer, Jesus would say, which of these is living the life that you are asking me about? The good, wholesome, righteous eternal life that you just asked me about. Which one? And the young lawyer would have to say, well, it was the woman who helped the man. Indeed, you are right. If you want eternal life to live in God's fullness, love God and love your neighbor, all your neighbors, not just the ones you select. Now that story, the Good Samaritan story, is a very common one. It's lived out every day of the week, in fact. You could tell the story. Because at one time in your life, you have played every part in that story. There are times in your life that you're the young lawyer, where you argue theologically. There are times in your life where you have walked by on the other side. There are times in your life where you have kneeled down and you have helped the wounded person. And there are times in your life when you have been the wounded person, waiting for someone to stop. This story is acted out constantly. 
For example, once upon a time, there was a freshman in high school, a woman, a girl, who had just moved into the area. It was a tough transition for her. She sat in the cafeteria all by herself, with tears in her eyes, her head down. She knew no one in that school. The first group to walk past her, two football players who didn't even see her sitting there. Then three cheerleaders who noticed her, rolled their eyes, kept walking. And then there's you. Or once upon a time, there was a man who was fired from his job. He's 45, teenage kids. It's a tough thing for him. He's clearing out his desk in his office. His office is a bank of windows so everybody can see inside what he's doing. The first to walk by were two other managers who, when they see him clearing out his desk, know what's happened. They whisper to each other, keep on walking. Then a vice president walks by. She is late for a meeting. She's looking at her watch, and she's tapping her watch, in fact, and has to get to that meeting. She doesn't even know what's happening in that room. And then it's your turn to walk by. Or you're at the grocery store, and an elderly woman has one bag of groceries. She saved her paper bag to reuse, and on the way out, it breaks, and her groceries fall on the sidewalk. Two teenagers just feet away laugh. A young mom with two little kids and a cart full of groceries sees it but can't stop. She's too busy. And then you. Or you're watching TV. The special is about a Palestinian refugee camp. And this TV special takes you into a refugee camp that has been in existence just outside of Israel for 70 years, since 1948. These three generations now have lived as refugees. You see them living in poverty, no windows or no glass in the windows, eating over a a stove that's outside and you feel so terrible about it and wish you could do something and there's not much you can do so you turn the channel. And then there was Abby. Abby learned about the Palestinians living in these refugee camps for 71 years and decided to go there. Abby is a member of our church her name is Abby Brooke. She's 25 years old, just out of college. She's there right now. She teaches music there to children, a kind of music therapy ministry to give them some comfort and peace in their difficult living situation. I talked with her this week and told her I was going to use, I asked if I could use her story as an illustration of the Good Samaritan story. And she says, okay, but don't call me the Good Samaritan because I'm not. I'm no savior. 
I'm receiving more from them than I ever give. I feel more like a partner with them. That they understand me and I'm starting to understand them. And that I join them in their struggle for wholeness and health and peace and justice. And maybe that's the real point of the Good Samaritan story. That it's not just the wounded man on the side of the road that's getting healed here. It's the Samaritan himself whose wounds may be wounds of apathy or arrogance or an inordinate focus on wealth, who when he stops for a moment and holds the head of that wounded man, maybe it's the beginning of his healing as well. When their wounds can be shared. And maybe that indeed is the centerpiece of our Christian faith. That the gift of eternal, holy, good, righteous, peaceful life begins as we allow our wounds connect with the wounds of others. Isn't that what Jesus does? I dare say that none of us here will be moving to a Palestinian refugee camp. But we can sit next to the lonely girl in the cafeteria and share our pain with her and hers with you. We can bring a cup of coffee to that guy that's just been fired and sit with him for a moment. We can make sure that woman gets her groceries picked up and makes it to her car. And we can be willing to share our wounds. And that in the sharing is the gift of eternity. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Love God. Love each other. Love yourself. Amen. Page 10, please stand, verses 1 and 2.